Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. It's Monday. We've got everything for you. We've got a pull-up right now at Maggie and Pearl, which is if you were going to bet on either quarterback to turn it around and get to the Super Bowl, is it Rodgers, is it Brady, is it both, is it neither? Go there and vote. Right now, looks like America is with me, which is neither. This is it. It's done. They don't get credit just for making the playoffs either. It's Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers for freaking, like, that's that that can't be the bar. It has to be Super Bowl. No, 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 no. It doesn't have to be Super Bowl. What it, you're telling me if the Bucks turn around and made the conference title game the way they are right now, that wouldn't be something. Anything short of Brady walking off with a Super Bowl win is gonna feel like a letdown. I'm sorry. He's the one who decided to come back. You I didn't make me? him do it. If they go nine and seven and make the wild card at this <laughs> point, at this that'll feel like Aaron Rodgers reinvented the game if he can do that. They're so bad right now. <laughs> that will be just good enough so everyone will forget about this season. No one's gonna remember it. Yeah, we'll forget it. No, it's gonna take heavy lifting to get back to neutral for either yes. of these guys. Right now, this will be remembered as all-time terrible seasons yeah. for both of them. Uh, so we got that going on for you. And now we want to talk a little college football as well. What a weekend. Uh, it is our pleasure to welcome in senior writer for The Athletic, our buddy, Stuart Mandel. Stuart, great to hear you. I was about to say great to see you, but you're on the phone. Uh, thanks so much for doing it today. We know today's a busy day. Hey, guys. How are you guys doing? Dude, we're doing great. Uh, coming off of this huge weekend, were you in Oregon this weekend or not? Did we get bad intel? Yeah, I did. I went up to the uh, UCLA-Oregon game, um, which had been a little more dramatic than it was, but really <laughs> impressive showing by the Doc. Okay, so let's talk about Oregon for a moment because that was obviously one of the signature wins of the weekend. You know, We can talk about Bo Nix and, and want to do that for sure, but what's the path here for Oregon, the way that they've turned their season around after the clunker of the opener? What's the path for them getting to the college football playoffs, Stuart? Well, they'll have to win out, and you know, that means beating Utah uh, late in the season, obviously the rivalry game against Oregon State, and then there's no divisions in the Pac-12 anymore, so they'll just play if they get that far. Um, they would play, you know, whether it's USC, maybe UCLA again, um, whoever has the next best record. You know, as I wrote about today, the the unusual situation here is they lost their first game 49 to three. And that has been a kind of clunker that the committee has held against teams in the past. But it was the first game of the season. It was the first game for a new coaching staff. And it was against the number one team in the country. So it would be interesting to see how that got um, how much they weighted that. Um, after 13 games. But, Stuart, you know the committee as well as anyone in the country. If they're three one-loss SEC teams, considering that 49-3 to outcome, Georgia, Tennessee, and, say, Alabama runs a table, 
can you really see them jumping a Pac-12 team over any of those teams? Well, I certainly think we're looking at two SEC teams. Three, three seems is a lot. You also, obviously, you have Clemson sitting out there. You have a potential Ohio State, Michigan uh, winner that might be undefeated. They are supposed to emphasize winning a conference championship, and so a twelve and one Power Five conference champion should get precedent over, let's say, Tennessee loses to Georgia, wins the rest of their games, finishes eleven and one, doesn't play in their conference title game. That's but that's just, you know, that's a protocol. It's not a requirement. And if the committee just thinks Tennessee is the better team, they can certainly do that. Obviously, Tennessee had a walkover this week. But what is your thought about Tennessee, Stewart? Is, are they, is this real? Oh, yeah. This is um, – uh, you can put up 52 points in Alabama. You're for real. Uh, this, you know, I think Hendon Hooker is just uh, phenomenal in that system. Give Josh Heupel a lot of credit. He, he walked into uh, a mess at Tennessee, you know, uh, about two years ago. It was not like the, the roster he was handed was a loaded roster. He's, he's turned it over. He's um, instituted a very innovative offense. He's got a great quarterback to lead it. And uh, this, this you know, SEC doubleheader now coming up on November 5th where Georgia-Tennessee will basically be, you know, I think the, the SEC East title game basically. And then you've got Alabama-LSU at night. LSU coming off this big win over Ole Miss. Um, that conference, at least the top of it, is just loaded this year, probably even even more so than usual. I want to ask you about one of those teams you just mentioned. Are you surprised by what Brian Kelly's done in LSU so far, or is that what you expected? Well, I'm, I'm only surprised because the first game went so badly uh, against Florida State, and, and, and everybody was mocking him, and understandably so. He's really turned it around since then. And Jaden Daniels, was, was kind of up and down at Arizona State. And when I say up and down, I mean, basically he had a great freshman year, and then the next two weren't so great. Um, he's been phenomenal the last two weeks for them. And, you know, his Notre Dame teams, they won a lot of games. They didn't usually have a premier quarterback like this. He's playing at a very high level. Um, and we've seen that Alabama, that Alabama defense is vulnerable, like I just said, 52 to, to um, Tennessee. So that becomes a much more interesting matchup in a couple of weeks, the way LSU's offense is playing. Stuart Mandel is our guest. He's the editor-in-chief for college football at The Athletic. And, you know, it's interesting about LSU and with Brian Kelly because the expectations were high, like maybe not for this season, but they're high for Brian Kelly and LSU in general. But, Stuart, do we have to start rethinking about the expectations for this year, now seeing how this team is playing? Well, it, it, they're in a bit of a hole with the two losses, but like I said, I mean it'll come down to that Alabama game because if they can if they can beat Alabama and finish ten and two, they're going to go to the SEC title game, and that is not something I would have expected of this team. I mean, frankly, this was a five hundred after Joe Burrow and everybody left uh, after that great twenty nineteen team. They were a five hundred team in the last two years. Yep. They had a lot of attrition. You know, Brian Kelly did a nice job in the transfer portal, starting with Jaden Daniels, but, but a few other guys as well. And I mean, that's that's beyond expectations. I think LSU fans would have been happy just to see them, you know, win nine games and, and go to a good bowl. All right, Stuart, I got another confusing team for you. Clemson is undefeated. It has obviously a great path to make the Final Four. But now there's a quarterback controversy between DJU <laughs> and Cade Klubnick. How do you see that playing out, and who would you play? I don't think it's a controversy yet just because DJ had been playing so well before that game and 
yeah, Clemson came back and won. Kate Klubnick attempted four passes. So, you know, they were very adamant afterward. This is still DJ's team. The problem is going to be if he has another clunker like that. He had three turnovers pretty quickly. Then there's going to be a strong demand, I would think, among the fan base to, to turn to Klubnick, who is definitely the quarterback of the future for them. But give I give DJ a lot of credit. He had such a rough season last year, and then the first game wasn't particularly great. And then he got on a roll. And I don't know what happened this past week with the turnovers and why, you know, basically Dabo kind of lost faith in him at that point. But hopefully for his sake, that was a one-time thing. Okay, if we're talking about Clemson, though, where do you see, I mean, they play Notre Dame on November 5th, and then Louisville, Miami, South Carolina, I know just got into the top 25. But who do you think is going to present the biggest challenge there? Is it obviously Notre Dame? Is it South Carolina? Who is it? Uh, That's a great question. Um, You know, I guess it kind of depends on if if you're going to get the best out of Notre Dame or not. They've not been great this year, but you can see them coming out peak level for a game that big. Uh, Miami's just bad. Yeah. <laughs> There's no other way around it. South Carolina has been a surprise. I mean, they're they're five and two and I don't want to write them off, but um that has that rivalry has been very, very one sided and uh, it would be hard to see Clemson losing that one. Frankly, Clemson just got through this the, I think the hard stretch of their schedule. They beat three top twenty five teams in the last four weeks. Um you, you know, teams teams lose games you don't see them losing obviously and and Notre Dame like I said I think that'll be a tough environment for them they lost there two years ago but really they again they just survived the the toughest stretch they had a couple close calls in there obviously and it's not hard to see them maybe getting to the ACC title game undefeated and that would be uh I'd look at the Sandys North Carolina would probably be their opponent there Drake May is everybody's sort of hot young quarterback is that a threat to Clemson well UNC. Drake May has been very good. Their defense has not been good. They yeah. actually got, if you recall, I mean, Notre Dame's offense has been very ho-hum except for one game where they lit up uh, that UNC defense. It's it's frankly, after a one-year, you know, Pitt won last year, won the ACC, good for them. But for the most part over the years, it's been Clemson emerges from that, and whoever they play on the other side is just a complete mismatch, and I think That'll probably be the case this year. I'd give them a better, better chance of losing, frankly, to Notre Dame or South Carolina than um, whoever comes out of the other division. Yeah, that makes sense. Stuart Mandel is our guest, editor-in-chief for college football at The Athletic. Stuart, Perloff, and I all worked together at Sports Illustrated for many, many years. And, you know, we mentioned South Carolina. Obviously, the big win over Texas A&M. Now A&M has lost three in a row. Mississippi State, Bama, of course, and then South Carolina. And, Stuart, I know you know where I'm going with this, and it's the Jimbo Fisher on the hot seat conversation that I didn't think was real. $90 million seems a little high for a buyout <laughs> to someone like me, but I'm not a Texas A&M, you know, we don't call them boosters anymore. What do we call them? Uh, collective person? I don't know. Fundraiser? Um, Maggie, I just thought of this. Maybe Perloff could take some of his Adam Sandler money yeah. and and help out, help out the A&M fan base there. Uh, Listen, no, it, they, it's, the, the lack of funds there is stunning, you know? No, no, Stuart, we need Jimbo for content. We're not going <laughs> to help his demise. What, are you kidding? <laughs> no, he's not going anywhere. Um, they gave him this, you know, insane contract uh, and then doubled down on it last year when they were worried he might, they might lose him to LSU. But it's bad. I mean, their offense is, um, you know, the worst in the SEC. And I think I, I just saw that they haven't scored 30 against an FBS team in, in over a year now. And, and we're talking with, you know, 
all those five-star recruits, and like you said, Maggie, all that NIL money, um, not not paying off right now. Uh, I think he's not, you know, uh, oblivious to what's going on, and he'll, after the see, he's always been his own play caller, his own offensive coordinator, and it's not working. So he's going to have to make a change after the season, um, bring in somebody from the outside that he trusts, and then actually let that person do their job. It reminds me a little bit of Gus Malzahn, who when he got to Auburn was considered an offensive guru, frankly, won the national title with Cam Newton and, and got them to the national title game his first year as a head coach. And then it just kind of from there, it was like year after year of, is Gus going to call the plays this year? Is he not going to call the plays? Like a new offensive coordinator every year. You know, you gotta, you gotta hire somebody and then let them do their thing. And uh, cause that offense seems very outdated to me. All right, Stuart, I'm going to put you on the spot. Something I probably should have asked you to prepare for, but so far we're just past the mid season, I would say, or the midpoint of the season. What to you has been the biggest story of the college football season so far? The biggest story of the college football season. That's a, that's a great question. Um, Stop buying time, Mandel. I know your trick. Give it to me, baby. (laughs) Vamp, vamp, vamp. It's a hard question. Oh, I mean, you, you guys are radio professionals. You know, you know that the key is to repeat it back. Yeah, yeah, totally. (laughs) I mean, we already talked about it, but it's Tennessee. Uh, Yeah. This program has been so bad for so long and tried and gone through so many different coaches trying to, to chase their glory years. And frankly, when Josh Heupel went, went with the AD from UCF, nobody was like, oh, great, great hire. That, that, that's that's going to get it done. Um, he's got the number three in the country. That was a huge win over Bama. We'll see what happens against Georgia. But if nothing else, I mean, I feel happy for, for long-suffering Tennessee fans, you know. The other flip side of that would be the, the demise of Oklahoma. That has been, frankly, and even I was pretty down on them coming into the year, but I did not foresee this. Oh, they're they, fine. They, you, know, you think they're fine, huh? Yeah, they beat Kansas. Um, let me ask you yeah. <laughs> quick question. Um, yeah. Hendon Hooker, like, is he an NFL? I know you, you hate one. I always bother you in the spring about this. Hendon Hooker, I never would have thought of as an NFL top 10 kind of pick. But he seems to have like a kind of a Joe Burrow magic. If you're an NFL fan, is this a guy you would pay attention to? Yeah. So the only thing I don't absolutely you should pay attention to. What I don't know uh, is his age. Right? He's coming out. He's 24 already. Um, would a, an NFL team look at that as a negative? Like, we if we're going to spend that kind of money, we want a franchise quarterback who's going to be here for 20 years. And you know, Trevor Lawrence, I think, was 20 when he was drafted. So. I, that might be the thing that, that holds them back a little bit. But talent-wise, um, it does. I think the Joe Burrow thing is a good comparison. Because go back and watch or, or look at the stats from Virginia Tech. He was nothing special there. He has just thrived uh, with a new coach and a new system. And, um, you know, frankly, he's my Heisman front runner right now and uh, certainly got, has more work to do to get that done. But, you know, he, is, he has been a revelation, to say the least. Yeah, I wonder if Joe Burrow kind of broke that mold a little, right? Because he was a bit older. I think Burrow was like, was he 23 when he got drafted? I remember it was always that Joe Burrow was still like, you know, Sam Darnold was younger than him, even though Darnold yeah. had been in the league for a, for a while. Maybe that's sort of broken that trend. Uh, last one for you, Stuart, and it's about Alabama, who I don't think anyone has like any real concerns about Alabama. But I just go back to the preseason when they called last year a rebuilding year, yet got to the college football championship game. And so if that was the rebuilding year and this was supposed to be the year when they were just an absolute juggernaut, is that expectation living up to what we're seeing? 
I've been surprised. I really did think they would be just uh, on a on a revenge tour this year after losing the championship game, and obviously they've got they've got holes, and, and in particular, I think we got so spoiled by the run of receivers they've had over the last five years, just one first round pick after another. They don't have that uh, right now. Offensive line is not dominant like like you often expect from an Alabama team, but Nick Saban has a long history of. The team, you know, last year they lost to A&M. Uh, nobody saw that coming. They still made the national championship game. Like, he has a long history of you. They lose to Ole Miss, they make the national championship game. So I don't think it's it's time to hit the panic button by any means um, on Alabama. But, no, this has not been – this. if last year was a rebuilding year, this feels like an extension of the rebuilding year. Yeah. All right, Stuart, we had like a million more questions, but we're all out of time. Uh, we never got to Iowa. We never got to TCU. We never got to all these. We're going to have to have you back on real soon to do this again. Thanks so much for making time for us today. We know it's a busy day. Thank you. Anytime, guys. All right, appreciate that. Stuart Mandel, of course, is the editor-in-chief uh, for college football at The Athletic. Can I give you some fun names of people I just looked up in two seconds who are younger than Hendon Hooker? <laughs> yeah. Yes, go ahead. Well, we know Trey Lance is only 22. He's yeah. a baby. Justin Fields, we know, is really young. Tua is younger than Hendon Hooker. Wow. Trevor Lawrence is younger than Hendon Hooker. Mac Jones is younger than Hendon Hooker. There's about eight starting-level quarterbacks who are younger than Hendon Hooker. Is this a Brandon Whedon situation? How old was Whedon when he got oh, drafted? Whedon was 28. I yeah, think. right. And was I he think, 28? Or something like that. And Chris Wenke was much older. Maybe I'm totally wrong on that, but I think he was a little older. Okay. Didn't he play a few years of minor league? baseball? Yeah. I I just remember thinking he was so old, but now that I look back on it at this age, how old was he? 28. He was 28. Man, the Browns. Well, it's a terrible uh, decision making all over the place. The weeded thing was different, though, because he played a lot of pro baseball. No, I get it, but maybe Joe Burrow kind of broke the stigma. Like well, in the NBA, you still want guys to be as young and hu- as humanly possible. But in the NFL, maybe that's not such a requirement anymore. Yeah, I mean, the one question is how much of life are you going to get out of his career? And now that quarterbacks can't be hit, they play till forty, so it doesn't matter. Well, it's and also completely different situation. For the most part, you want like the rookie deal. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. this is almost better, right? Yeah. Because if you, you want the five years of being a first round pick as a rookie, right? I think if quarterbacks only played till 34, this would be a problem. Yeah. I actually wouldn't even be that big of a problem, but now it's easy to play late because you cannot be touched, theoretically. Yeah, and, you know, I think that we're going to end up seeing some teams like Perloff's Eagles or others who just keep drafting quarterbacks. Just keep drafting them, keep drafting them, keep drafting them. I mean, I don't know, unless Jalen Hurts ends up getting this amazing contract at the oh, end no, no. of this, which he might, but I also think no, that no, they're, done. they're just going to keep drafting no, no, over No, 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 no. This is it? He's it. He's it. All right. He's the, He's the, the prince that was promised man. in South Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, I think so. How many princes you guys got over there? You got, well, we had you got one in Carson Wentz. We won a Super Bowl. Wait, then. isn't Harper now the prince? Uh, well, yeah, but, I mean, it's baseball. What about Joel Embiid? He's not the prince? He's definitely not the prince. <laughs> Three games in. <laughs> Three games in. He couldn't do the proper conditioning work over the offseason. Everyone's like, boo this man. A quarterback that leads the Philadelphia Eagles to a 6-0 and start, that is 100 notches over the mayor, over <laughs> wow. anybody. Uh, Bryce Harper is can do no wrong, obviously, right now. But I think but you're getting me off track here. I think Jalen Hurts... I mean, that, that has franchise quarterback written all over it. No, I know. I just wasn't sure if they were like, this was the philosophy. 
Yeah, to keep, keep drafting, on doing five keep years. Drafting, yeah, keep I don't drafting, think so. And you get these young quarterbacks, and then you don't have to pay them. Anyway, uh, okay, thank you to Stuart Mandel. If you ever missed any part of the Maggie and Perloff show, you can always download our podcast every single day. It's broken up very nicely for you in case you just want to hear Stuart's interview or in case you just want to hear us talk about the NFL. Whatever you want, it's all there wherever you get your podcast. Coming up, we do have a borderline Hall of Fame quarterback who has been benched. Sound the alarm. We'll talk about it next. Don't move. More Maggie and Perloff, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. We're back in a minute on CBS Sports Radio, CBS Sports Network, Sirius XM, Channel 158, and the free Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Welcome back to Maggie and Perloff. It is a football Monday and a little baseball and maybe a little NBA. Oh, the NBA. <laughs> just, just did a lot of college football, Stuart yeah. Mandel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. last segment. Yeah, well, I said football. Did I say pro football? I said football. I love football Monday. Anyway, um, there was some ugly on Sunday. In fact, there's a lot of ugly. <laughs> I think quarterbacks can't figure out this too high safety look. I think that's the dominant theme of the NFL this year. I think that's part of the reason. Aaron Rodgers... That's all they gave him yesterday was yeah. the safeties were a mile back. So he had to pick them apart and it's not working. But there's one quarterback. There's a couple guys who've struggled. But man, does Matt Ryan look bad for Indianapolis? And now we learned today he is benched in favor of Sam Ellinger, who you know is, I mean. If that's not your guy, that is I my don't guy. know. Austin Westlake, <laughs> folk hero at UT. Oh my gosh, do I love Sam Ellinger. And by the way, I do not feel like this is a tank because the Colts are in the AFC South. The the effort to tank in that division has to be Herculean. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I think I think they might trip into some wins this year just based on their schedule. But were you shocked when you found out Matt Ryan was benched? So, um, yes, uh, not because he's playing well. He's playing terribly. We know that. But I was shocked for a couple of things. One, why do they announce when they're benching him? And this is for the season. Like, it was so definitive. Like, it's week. It's going to be week eight next week. We got so long to mm. go in this season. Why make it so official that not only is he getting benched this week, but for the rest of the year? Well, what other team has an owner who goes out of his way to 
gloat in the fact that he's cutting last year's Pro Bowl <laughs> level quarterback in no, Carson I, Wentz. I, I this it. is an Indian. This is clearly Ursay is mad and he's acting out of anger and he's making sure that this message is getting through that somebody's got to be the scapegoat here. I guess. And also it's kind of like, you know, th- to be honest, like this is pretty embarrassing for Matt Ryan. You know, he's had a great career, so this is, you know, not going to stick with him, I don't think. But to be benched like that, it's almost like I think they want to force him to retire or something because mm. he's under contract for next year as well. So do you want to draft another quarterback and then have him kind of be the mentor? Or are you trying to send him the hint like, hey, man, we don't need you around here anymore. So maybe it'd be better off if you just retired. Yeah, that that actually makes great sense. Um, and Because doesn't it seem yeah. a little like too final? Like, Yeah, he doesn't need the money. I mean, hopefully he will retire. But this is a... What are they three three and one right now? Mm-hmm. But I mean, they're but they're one three and one of the division. Yeah, but they have Jonathan Taylor. They have yep. talent all over that roster. It's a bizarre year. It was a terrible, terrible watch on Sunday. Yeah. So, but it, the Titans have had their number for a while. That has nothing. I mean, yeah. it does have something to do with Matt Ryan because he was on the field. But like them going to Jacksonville and losing, them losing to the Titans. These are like ingrained things. Yeah. They, I'm saying I don't think the season is over over for them. I feel like there's there's something that can be done there. Uh, Matt Ryan was not doing it. And then there was a report today, Albert Breer, our buddy, tweeted that there's a, uh, there's word that his arm is not what it should be. He yeah. has either arm fatigue, he has a shoulder problem. And it's you watch him play, he has to sort of wind up to get the ball 12 yards downfield. And this is one of the strongest arm quarterbacks in recent NFL memory. Obviously something was wrong there. But I don't feel like this is a... Waving the white flag. And the funny thing is, we Wait, just... Wait, hold can, on. One yeah, thing about the yeah, shoulder? Yeah. That was the other weird thing about yeah. this. They acknowledged that his shoulder, something's going on, yeah. but said, went out of their way to say, but that's not the reason why we're benching him. It's like, are you trying to maximum embarrass this guy? Sorry, continue. Yeah, I was just say, we just got off a week where P.J. Walker won with Carolina. Taylor Heineke won with Washington. Mm-hmm. Watch out for Sam Ellinger and the Indianapolis Colts. I think I'm adopting this team. Wow. He's a, Eddie, a 5'11 Texas quarterback. <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Also, I just think the Colts could be a good team. I have Jonathan Taylor on my fantasy team, so that breakout's coming any day. I yeah. know it's a fact. <laughs> I hope I hope for your sake and your fantasy uh, team it happens. But, yeah, it's just another situation, too, where a team that's been had a lot of injuries. Uh, poor Matt. I'm going to make excuse for another old quarterback who struggled. Matt Ryan... I do not even count this season. This happens. Guys end their career. They have one terrible year. And nobody, in my mind, nobody ever remembers it. Uh, I think you're right. I mean, it just, I mean, you're you're following up Carson Wentz, too. You know, it's not like you're following up, you know, some great quarterback and it was whatever. They're, they've been a mess there. They've neglected, you know, drafting a quarterback and really finding someone for the future. I know Sam was a sixth-round quarterback. Well, but, it was Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck yeah, retiring right. in 2000. But that was also five years ago. Five years, yeah. In no, the NFL, they, it's eternity. They should have drafted somebody, but they weren't high enough to really get the guy. I mean, they. I, I, I'd like to see which quarterbacks they passed on. Uh, I know that Nelson is high as number six, but I don't believe they were. Were they, they ever? Could've, they the could have picked three that year. They traded it with the Jets. Okay, so and they what, missed on the 2018 draft, which yeah. obviously Josh Allen. Lamar Josh Jackson. Allen. So they missed on Josh Allen, but they didn't take Sam Darnold. Thank God. That's true. They did not take Sam. So Darnold. Sam, you're right. Josh Allen. That would have been good. 
Yeah, yeah, or Lamar Jackson would have been exciting. I mean, right, but he went at the end of the round, so anybody could have taken him. Yeah, that's yeah you true. can't really rip them. You could rip everybody for. I think the Ravens passed on Lamar Jackson. So that's what's going yeah. on with Indianapolis. I mean, talk about a plot twist. We knew Ryan was playing terribly, he leads the league in interceptions right now with nine, but at the same time, did not see him getting benched and be it being so final. We mentioned that the Titans just have the Colts number. You know that doesn't. You know, that's not going to pass muster in the analytics community, but the old have your number situation we know happens in sports. And we saw it again last night, moving over to a different sport with the Houston Astros who just have the Yankees number. I mean, this has been, and Stu and Mike, and I'm sorry, you guys are big diehard Yankee fans, but to get swept like that against the Astros is the most surprising and yet so predictable at the same time. I know that sounds like an oxymoron, but this Yankee team, which had a 15-and-a-half game lead in, in the American League East it, over the summer, a team that looked like it was inevitable that they would go to the World Series. Inevitable. And the fact that they just got swept by the Astros again, not they got swept again, but that they would lose again to the Astros in the postseason. This is the third time since 2017 that that has happened. And no one was delighting in this more than Pedro Martinez after the game. I have one question. Yes. For all of New York. Yes. New York. <laughs> Who's your daddy now? <laughs> I just want to know. I want an answer, and I want it quick. New York. Who's your daddy? It's not Big Papi anymore. It's not me. Who's your daddy? I want to ask New York. <laughs> He's so tickled. He is so <laughs> he's so proud of himself for this diss that he's been waiting since like 2004, I guess, to deliver. That's also like not exactly how it happened. Pedro said the Yankees were his daddy, right? Yeah, we have Bob Costas setting the record straight. The Yankees' daddy is pretty clearly the Houston Astros on the verge now of eliminating the Yankees from the postseason for the fourth time since 2015. And Yankee fans, I apologize, but these are the cold, hard facts. These two teams have played 10 games this year. The Astros have won eight of them. They played 91 innings. The Yankees have led exactly twice at the end of an inning. They had two late inning hits last night. That upped their hit total for the series to 12. They struck out 43 times. These numbers are overwhelming. Oh, Oof. Bob. Who is your daddy? Let it breathe. <laughs> yeah. When Pedro is laughing so hard about the who's your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> Such a good laugh. <laughs> and no one else on set is laughing as hard. You know, he's definitely laughing at his own joke, which as someone who laughs at their own jokes, I I appreciate that about Pedro. But man, he is so proud of himself for this one. But, but, <laughs> but the one part of it, not to be like a stickler like Costas, but Pedro was it. The Yankees were his daddy. This is how it started. So he's like, it's not David Ortiz, not Big Poppy. It's not me. But it's like, it wasn't you. Yeah. Anyway, are you guys all right over there? You okay? I expected this, honestly. I didn't think they'd get swept, but I'm not too surprised they lost to Houston. Houston's just so much better. So much better built. Better pitching. Better hitting. They hit in clutch situations. Yankees don't. Same story. Same story for the Yankees year after year. I just hate the home runner bust mentality of like these teams, and the Yankees are like the biggest culprit. Especially when you get into the—it's fine for a 162-game season where you're going against pitcher after pitcher. Guys are tired. Guys are not focused. But when you're in the playoffs and guys are giving you their best, home runner bust will never work.
Well, the fact that DJ LeMahieu and Andrew Benintendi were both uh, injured took away two of their best contact hitters, but I'm not making excuses for the Yankees. You really can't. And the lineups they throw out there are just so ridiculous. The fact they keep changing their lineups. They had three different shortstops start four different ALCS games. What the hell? What <laughs> what supercomputer printed that out as some kind of like, you know, formula for winning? All right, all right. Pull it back. Pull oh, it back. Sorry. WFAN Maggie's coming back. Yeah. I'm 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 not even a Yankee fan. I'm disappointed on behalf of Yankee fans. Uh by the way, I, I have a theory based on what you guys were saying. The Astros are so much better on paper than the Phillies that I actually might bet the Phillies right now. Like, I mean, the Astros are better than the Yankees. The Yankees are way better than the Phillies. How are we going to do this thing? Like, Hold off. Everyone's better than the Phillies, I just know. not the last couple weeks. Well, they have two pitchers. That's all you really need. But on paper, if the Astros can sweep the Yankees, I mean, what can they do to my Phillies? Help me out here. Is it? But then again, it's so illogical. It almost makes sense that the Phillies are going to be a threat to this juggernaut. Man, way to find the silver lining there. Um, I mean, the odds are huge, by the way. You cannot wait. I, I looked at the, I couldn't believe DraftKings. It was Phillies are a huge underdog. <laughs> yeah, we but, know. <laughs> but I mean, the Phillies just, they won all their series pretty easily too. So I, I don't know. I feel like there's no logic in baseball. Well, we know that's true because baseball is fun yet stupid. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Can we put that on a t-shirt? The <laughs> other thing is, you know how like sitcoms have laugh tracks? Yeah. And it just sounds like a bunch of people laughing. Could we remove all those laugh tracks and just insert Pedro? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, you know, Jerry Seinfeld makes a joke and it's just like, <laughs> instead of a laugh track. Sorry, I know Jerry Seinfeld, that's a little dated reference. But. I mean, there, there's laughing at yourself and then there's cracking yourself up. It's like, so we all great. laugh at ourselves <laughs> a little bit, right? But, like, this guy, he's just losing it. So proud of himself for the Who's Your Daddy joke. <laughs> I don't even think he's proud of himself. I think he's just so happy to be just ripping Watch it. the Yankees lose. Yeah, he yeah. loves it. Yeah. <laughs> half the country <laughs> loving it, half the country hating it. That's how it goes with the New York Yankees. Uh, by the way, just uh, backtrack the Colts. He retired in uh, August 2019. They've had one first round pick since then. It was 21. They took Queedy Pay. So they haven't mm. they haven't had a shot at a quarterback yet. Because remember they signed Rivers. Yeah, I know. Well, they keep band-aiding. Like, they keep band-aiding. Band so thing. now it's done, right? Now they're ready to pull it. I mean, I think when you go to Sam Ellinger on week eight, I think you're saying, although you had a good point. You're like, if they wanted a tank, they should just keep Matt Ryan in. Yeah. But he he can even win you one or two here or there. Nope. Jimmy G next year in, in Indianapolis. They're going to keep going with these. Just, uh, one year, one, one year, year, one year. <laughs> Jimmy G next year. Maybe Baker Mayfield after that. Sam Darnold will get a shot. Ha ha. I'm I'm telling you, we should replace all laugh tracks with Pedro. <laughs> Run this by the networks. It's such a good idea. Ah, it's anyway. just that. By the way, it's just not that f the laugh doesn't match what he said, does it? it That's wasn't... what makes it so great. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's the name of a sitcom on TV right now. I got nothing. Big Bang Theory. There, it's still on. No, no, it's been it's on for not. years. Really. I have no idea. <laughs> I know. <laughs> it's can anyone name a sitcom yeah. without Googling it? CBS about is Young Sheldon. Young Sheldon. Thank you. That's yeah. kind about of the only thing. one I know. No, there's a big hit ghosts on CBS. It, isn't the King of Queens still on? <laughs> Actually, everybody we, loves Raymond. <laughs> we know a guy to know a guy who works on Young Sheldon. Maybe we can get this into um, get this in front of the right people. Yeah, I know uh, we have friends who work on that show, Ghost, which I think is the number one sitcom right now. And uh, 
I think Young Sheldon. I don't know how. Is that still a big thing? I think it might be. Yeah. CBS I, dominates. I mean, there's no course. way around it. No. They got everything. They've got everything. All the good, 100%, you know, best in America. It's always Jim Nance reading the number one show in America. Like, no doubt. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Okay. Forgot, forget everything you ever thought about the NFL because Perloff is going against the grain next. This one will make you think. Time for a CBS Sports Update. Here's Rich. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. This portion of the program is sponsored by Prevagen. Prevagen is the most recommended memory support brand by pharmacists. Perloff, one of the most memorable Bears and Patriots matchups came in 1986, January of 86, as the team squared off in Super Bowl 20. The Bears dominated by a score of 46 to 10 to cap off an 18 and 1 season. They ran for 408 yards and forced the Pats into six turnovers. The last time these two squads faced each other came in 2018. The Patriots won by a score of 38 to 31. Big Monday Night Football game tonight. Yeah. Uh, do you guys Patriots know Bears. that the 1985 Bears won a Super Bowl? It is <laughs> the most covered team in the last. 100 years. Well, it just actually made me a little bummed out that they went 18 and 1. Had they just gone 19 and 0, we wouldn't have to hear from the 72 yeah. Dolphins all the time. Well, that's because uh, Dan Marino and the Dolphins beat them in one yeah. of the great Monday night games of all time. I don't mind hearing the 72 Dolphins had gotten sort of frustrating, but then last night I didn't mind them at all, like having Larry Zonka out there. That was yeah, cool. It, I, I noticed a lot of people seemed annoyed by it, but I'm not annoyed by the yeah. 85 Bear talk, and I'm not annoyed by the 72 Dolphin talk. Yeah, I actually think about this a lot. The 85 Bears probably are the most famous team that I can remember. The 2004 Red Sox are in that conversation. You I mean think. just famous team? Famous team of this modern era. I was going like to say, because like, the not Giants the, of 85 were a great defense, too. No. 85 Bears 85 blows Bears. out every NFL You're, team. I mean, they were so... Uh, yeah, I mean, are they the been, most famous team? That's such a good question. Yeah, and I think they're the most famous team. They're most, more famous than any single baseball team after the Yankees dynasty. They're more famous than probably any one NBA team. Because I would they were say, just a singular phenomenon. But the Chicago Bulls... Until yep. the Warriors mm. beat the record uh, of their regular season record, but then the Warriors didn't win the title because yeah. obviously LeBron, they came back from 3-1 down in Cleveland. Exactly. That's a great point. That was the last dance team. But the 85 Bears only had one year. The thing I is, know. the Bulls had six years, so maybe... Well, we're going to have the author, Jeff Perlman, up next, who wrote a book about Walter Payton. He could answer this question, but there's something about that singular season. See what I mean? Yeah, like The right. 85 Bears... You don't talk about celebrity all unto themselves. Yeah, you don't know who the '84 or the '86 Bears are. (laughs) Like, and the Bears have really not done a lot since then. Uh, They got to the Super Bowl. Yeah, but Rex Grossman. Yeah, I mean, uh, in this game, we better talk about history tonight because that's going to be a tough watch. Well, the big one is going to be Belichick passing George Hallis tonight for all-time wins. If they do, what? That's going to make it watchable. I hope they have a good guest list on uh, on the Manning cast. And I know the Mannings are. Does it, have we seen the guest list, by the way? I don't know. I saw they're also doing some kind of augmented reality thing. 
Oh my gosh! So we'll see. By the way, I love when there's there's the Manning broadcast, and they have like it's gonna be like LeBron James and Obama and uh, Kevin Hart, Kevin Hart, and then like everyone else. Hey, like the Mannings are doing a simulcast. Why don't we do a simulcast? And it's like don't get the guest list. Yes. That the others get? Is no. that what you're saying? I'm saying no one can compete with the Manning cast, right? I mean, it's an impossible model because, A, they're the two Manning brothers. Yeah. And, B, they got the greatest guest list imaginable. So I think that if the TNT crew really wanted to commit to the second screen, I think they could do it. Yeah, that's probably you true. You know, Shaq and Charles, like and Kenny and EJ, that, that could be be very successful. But I think the NFL being a once a week sport helps them. Like which NBA night are you going to just pick a random NBA night? Like a Thursday night game between the, you know, it's a long season. It it won't stand out the way one football game does. Maybe they do in the playoffs. I don't know. That's Yeah. I don't know. Then it's the playoffs. You kind of just want the regular thing, right? Also, the Mannings were kind of there first. They vetted this star thing. Anyway. Okay. You're just buying time. I'm buying time blinking at my stats here. You are buying time. Because you need Prevagen because you could not remember a stat that you needed for your against the grain, but your time is up. All right. Against the grain. Okay. I'm looking for the exact wording, but I, I don't have it here. PFF underscore Brad, who, you know, Brad Spielberger, Esquire. You guys know him, right? He's <laughs> sure. one of the uh, pro, who fo- doesn't? pro football focus, the analytic website. After the Packers lost and the Bucks lost, said this is the worst NFC I, I remember, and there's never been a bigger split between the two conferences. Now, that was a narrative coming into the season, and the fact that the Packers are down, the Bucks are down, I think the Rams, it's safe to say the Rams are a little bit down. Yes. I think you could say that. But if you actually peel back the onion a little bit and look at the numbers, is there any difference right now between the NFC and the AFC? Maggie, did you know that they were 12-12 and 12 against each other right now? You probably did not. Did not know that. What kind of nerd would look that up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Other than me. Uh, the one I'm sitting next to. The other thing, too, is the Giants, everyone says, teams like the Giants and the Cowboys, they're not that good. They have a good record. But guess who they've been beating up on? The AFC. So the Giants were three-point dogs at Jacksonville. The perception is all wrong of these NFC teams. They should have been three-point favorites, at least. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so I, I think, and this week, again, the NFC split. With the AFC, once again, it was 2-2. It's not like the AFC's blowing the doors off. I mean, the Seahawks killed the Chargers. The Chargers yeah. are supposed to be the third best team. And the Seahawks are supposed to be tanking. I, I think we're just wrong about the NFC. We're not People like me are not ready to admit that the Giants, the Cowboys, the Seahawks, that these teams are pretty good. And the AFC, the Chargers are not that good. Yep. The Ravens are not that good. Uh, I could go through the list. There is not a third team in the AFC. Maybe the Ravens, maybe the Bengals. But I think it's kind of a thinner conference than we expected. Are you buying it, Maggie Gray, against the green? Mm. NFC's closer to the AFC than we think. Well, considering if the season ended today, the third best team in the in the AFC would be Samter's New York Jets at 5-2. Mm. and two. Um, <laughs> oh, That was an even better point. I wish I had said that. <laughs> that is a great I know. argument done. You had to go to PFF whatever. I just went to the standings. Although um, the Jets did wallop <laughs> the Packers, so that's not good for the NFC. No. Um, you know, we don't even talk about the Minnesota Vikings. We do not talk about the Vikings who are 5-1, and one, uh, who are adding to that. And we don't really talk about San Francisco, even though they got trounced yesterday by the Kansas City well, Chiefs. 
I think it's interesting because the AFC has really disappointed after those top two teams. It feels like the Bills and the Chiefs, and then there's no consistency. Maybe Joe Burrow and the Bengals are emerging as that third team. Yeah, Mark but, in Miami thought he, he called in for a yeah. vote for the Dolphins, obviously. The Cincinnati then, Bengals the were great four yesterday. And three. Yeah. I mean, you know, these teams have not really gone. You could argue that they, I mean, the Cowboys beat the Bengals, and they did it with Cooper Rush, and they did it by physically beating up the I Bengals. I know, but early Bengals, that was a mess. Ah. The one, a couple teams that I think for the AFC that I want to reserve judgment for before I say that they can't be one of the better teams in the conference. I know everyone doesn't like it because the way they play is a snooze, but the Tennessee Titans are going to continue to win games. Oh, they're four and two right now. Yeah, of course they're going to win games, and of course they're going to lose in the playoffs because they're going to win the AFC South, and they're going right to lose about nineteen to sixteen in the first round. I'm not ready to totally write off the Raiders, even though they're two and four, yeah. one against the Texans yesterday. Uh, I'm not ready to fully write off the Browns. The Browns are two and five. They are so bad. But when Deshaun Watson comes back for as distasteful as that might be for some of us, it's going to make this a really different team, I think. Ooh, the Browns? That's what you got for me in the AFC? How about the Patriots? What about the, the Patriots have a formula? And yeah. the Jets, I mean, the Jets got really bad news today. The bad news was Brees Hall is injured, which you might be able to weather that storm. They have Michael Carter, who was another running back that they drafted out of, what, North Carolina, Michael Carter. And then they lost Elijah Vera Tucker, who was a draft pick that they had traded up to get the guard out of USC. And so, he's having a great season. So the Raiders, by the way, lost to the Cardinals, an average NFC team. Uh, the, by the, the NFC has the Niners, the Rams, the Packers, the Bucks, the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Giants. You're really going to put the, the Packers Vikings. in there right now to yes. make your point? I think any of these teams could compete in the AFC. I don't think the AFC is that much better. They're better, maybe, but not that much. Coming up, he's one of the most mythical figures in sports. It's Bo Jackson. Jeff Perlman has a new book about Bo. He'll separate the truth from the legend. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.